Saka with a corner kick. And it's been put in by Gabriel Jesus. Another set play goal this season for Arsenal. What a guy. And Ketia. Here's Havertz. Havertz through on goal. Arsenal get their second. That should seal the deal. to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. You join us, listener, on the 17th of December 2023 after Arsenal's uh, convincing victory over Brighton at home, which has for long been a bit of an issue for us. So, um, And I'm joined by James and by Dan. How are you guys doing? Very good, mate. Very good. Excellent. James, how are you? Magnificent. Fantastic. Magnificent. What a fantastic win. What a fantastic win. 100%. Potential banana skin. And mm. it was dealt with. We dealt with Brighton like we should do. I yeah. thought before the game, when when I when I was thinking about this game in midweek, I thought, do you know what? Because a lot of people give Brighton a lot of respect. And rightfully so. They play some fantastic football. They've, they've taken some big scalps um, in the league in, in recent times. They have also, though, they have got... Um, They've got a, a, a dodgy result in them. Um, they put a lot into their midweek game. I think they beat Marseille in the uh, Europa League on Thursday, which would have been a huge thing for, for them as a club um, and that team. But they're just not used to playing European football and the rigours of playing three times a week, which I suppose some could say that we haven't been used to that recently, um, having not competed in the Champions League for a while. But obviously we topped the group with a game to spare. We could rotate a little bit against PSV, and I thought we, I actually thought by and large we we came through the PSV game well enough. I, I don't think a huge amounts of the fan base were that bothered about that game. Um, I was I was delighted <laughs> no, to see a bit. I was really. I was delighted to see the rotation in it. Um, but what that meant was that we could be really fresh and buzzing in this game. And I think um, the first half performance, although it didn't yield. The goals that we all wanted, and I know a lot of people were moaning and groaning about, oh, we need to centre forward and we've got to buy even Tony and we've got to do this and mm, we've got to do that. Yeah, yeah. I thought in the first half, the front five really were clicking really well. We created a lot of opportunities. We carved open a really good Brighton team. Um, certainly if it wasn't for Lewis Dunk, who put in an absolute man of the match performance at centre-back, I think we could have we could have easily been a couple of goals clear. He did a really good clearance off the line, actually. Um, but yeah, look, we... Oh, we um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, in these sort of games, the longer it goes at nil-nil, the more you worry. But we we got a goal relatively early in the second half. And then I think we, again, when the game sits at 1-0, similarly to nil-nil, you always think there could be a sting in the tail. But I thought we, by and large, did really, really well. We kept Brighton at bay. They had one chance with um, Pascal Gross. That yeah, I, it was I Pascal Gross, wasn't it? can't believe yeah. that he missed. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought really professional, really, really good performance um, and result. Great to see Kai Havertz on the score sheet again. Um, um, and we are top of the league. So what's not to be happy about this Sunday afternoon? Preach, brother, preach. 
<laughs> it was a great, great performance. Was so pleased. Um, first half, I thought utter dominance. Second half, got a well-deserved goal, and just carried on the dominance. Really, um, so pleased. Um, I think it's really telling if you listen to Deserby's interview afterwards. Um, he used the word "we've never suffered like that." Now that's the second Ooh. person after an Arsenal game that has <clears throat> mentioned the word "suffered," and that just shows how bloody brutal we are. We mm. suffocate teams now. We don't let them out. We're so aggressive on the press. And when our front five click, we are very, very dangerous. Mm. Um, I think that showed today. Odegaard, I thought, was a really, really, you know, pulling the strings. Uh, Declan Rice, masterful again. Um, we've, I think we've running out of um, words Re- to describe Declan yeah, Rice. Yeah, really are running out of adjectives um, to describe Declan Rice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so pleased and uh, happy to be top of the league mm. and uh, uh, you know good place to be in going into next week in Anfield which will be fun to say the least <laughs> that's it oh I like um, th- I like that you described it as fun because I've not heard any Arsenal fan think about like <laughs> us going up to Anfield uh, you know what I'm going to use know. the word fun fuck use the word fun okay fuck bring them all on you know what we're playing well <laughs> we're top of the league we've got nothing to fear look yeah. it's going to be Anfield has been a bit of a graveyard for us in recent years and um, probably the scars of last season linger long um, and they do so with me as well. I'm not I'm not saying they don't, but look, we're in as good a form as we can be going into that game. So why should we be terrified of them and, and the mythical atmosphere of Anfield that it's so intimidating and difficult to play against? Look, their crowd gets up. Apparently and, you've, got, um, you've got a lot of grief today, you know, about the crowd not being up for it, not the same Anfield. Um, well, after you know, the after listener after the uh, the the biggest game in English football, Liverpool playing Manchester United at Anfield, without which Anfield actually interestingly enough had the biggest home capacity for the, for sixty years, yeah, and they've opened right. their new yeah, stand. Yeah. And Dan, you're saying that you couldn't hear a pin drop. Wow, mm. yeah, yeah, finished an exciting, you know, the best game in uh, English football, as you say, finishing in an you know an amazing nil nil draw. So, mm. um, you know. I think yeah, as entertainment yeah. goes, it's all about the Arsenal. You've only come to watch the Arsenal. You know. <laughs> You've only come to see the Arsenal. Exactly. Come to see the Arsenal. <laughs> so when we go up to, to Anfield and those come lucky lucky punters that think they're coming to watch Arsenal. Liverpool are actually coming to They're yeah, actually they're Arsenal. actually coming to see us. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. No, um, and actually I think you're quite right. I mean I think the guy you know, I'm saying oh it's gonna be fun or it's not you know be fun. I think going there and not having going there without fear, I think is we go there with confidence, absolutely. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. go there with confidence. I think the last five years, let, let's let's have it right. Well, the last six years, seven years maybe, I don't know. Time's a, a fickle mistress. But in the last few years, Liverpool under Klopp, they've been on an absolute high. Um, they've risen up that mountain and they reached the absolute summit of it. And that's obviously what we mm. want to achieve in winning the league and the, the Champions League. Um, and I suppose they represent um, the pathway that we can topple this magnificent Manchester City um, oil fueled state lined um, <laughs> juggernaut that Pep yeah. has created. But yeah, they, they give us every opportunity. They give us every reason to believe that we can over, overhaul them. So look, I don't have anything bad to say against Liverpool as a club, but look, they've, They've reached their peak. Um, they they are in this title race, make no doubt about it. And um and and it will be a formidable place to go. Um, like any other rival ground, is a formidable place to go. Um, 
But look, we, we go there in confidence. I think today's performance was was really, really good. Really, really good. As I said, Brighton are a, a no mugs. They've got some real eye-catching results in the last 18 months, but particularly in the last um, the last 12 since Deserby's been the manager. I think Dan, I make Dan absolutely right. You know, Deserby, he will often try and find, um, you know, positives in, in, in Brighton's performance. And I think for him to come out and say, actually, do you know what we really suffered in that game? We were pegged back. We couldn't play our football. Um, Arsenal were magnificent against the press. And I think that's the key thing. Um, that was my key takeaway was that, the, the general consensus is that we were so good. Brighton are one of the best press-resistant teams in the league, probably in Europe, actually, to be fair, because mm. obviously the Premier League is is clearly the strongest league in Europe, if well, the world. Um, yeah. and, and Brighton, if you know, if they were in... Uh, would, mm. Yeah, I think that if Brighton were in any other division in Europe, they'd be challenging right at the very top end of the table. Um, Giorgio Cellini... Uh, Italian legend. He he retired in the week, and he he made a comment that if West Ham were in Serie A, the Italian division, that they would be right near the top, competing for the title. And I think mm. Brighton are a better team, better football inside them than West Ham. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, look, I, I think Brighton, are, as I said, one of the best press resistant teams in Europe, and we absolutely pinned them back, put them under pressure. I think David Raya played had a really important part to play in that. In his distribution was really good, um, but look. I think it, it bodes really well going up, going up to Anfield. As I said, when our front five really click, and I think um, Dan mentioned about Martin Odegaard, and I think, do you know what? If you were going to pick a man in the match today, there'd be a, there'd be a lot of uh, conjecture. We we spoke about Declan Rice, and he's there'll just be, there'll be Mr. Cons- for it, wouldn't there? Like- yeah, De- Declan <laughs> Rice is Mr. Consistent. He's Mr. Eight point five. You know, absolutely yeah. superb. Um, Gabriel Jesus obviously got the goal, and he you know how much he brings to the team with his off the ball movement and work rate. Right? Bakaya Saka's Bakaya Saka, you know, I think we've, we we know what we come to expect from him. I thought Martinelli had a really good game. He gives us that cutting edge and that drive and that directness in behind. Um, Kai Havertz obviously got his goal, but Martin Odegaard, when he's on form and he's pulling the strings um, and he presses from the front, I mean, he's our technical leader. Um, I'm not going to put him in the rarefied atmosphere of Santi Cazorla and Dennis Bergkamp technically, but I will say if he continues his trajectory that he has done with Arsenal since he's been a permanent sign-in, um, he's on course to reach that. And and who knows? Who knows where he could go? Because this guy, you know, there's a reason why he was a, a prodigy at 15. You know, he's he's just... I, I just can't believe that we got him for the I mean, price that we got him for. The biggest bargain, isn't um, it? Like, you can't... Yeah. And the fact that we've got him on a real long-term deal, I think it's five or six years, mm. um, is just incredible. I mean, he's just... Obviously, you know, for his detriment... For our gain, he's not got any international tournaments coming up um, because Norway haven't qualified, so he gets a nice rest in the summer, which is brilliant. Yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. what a player. And, and, you know, he had been a bit out of sorts. And it was interesting. I heard that there'd been, he might have had a bit of a concussion in recent weeks, a training ground injury or something. But I thought today he was back to his scintillating best, pulling the strings. He was hitting that press. And I think that gives us real optimism um, as we go into the Liverpool game and then and West Ham post Christmas as well. Yeah, I I read something earlier, actually, funny, I was actually going to refer to Dan on this one, because I read something earlier saying that um, uh, they thought that was the the best home performance of the season. Um, And I remember Dan saying uh, in the last pod after the the Villa game that we lost, that that was our best away performance of the season. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're, 
you know we seem to be doing well i mean if we're going up to with this pedigree and we're going up to uh to anfield soon so yeah well yeah i mean people would argue and say it's we lost to it can't be our best away performance but i'm not saying it's our best away result i'm saying it's our best away performance Before, exactly so, exactly yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> won't take it like that wherever today i thought we were top top quality and it seems like things are slipping into place now. Kai Havertz is scoring goals. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't know if any of us saw it happening or but I think, I think we all hoped it would happen, didn't we? But I don't yeah, yeah, I think I, I think, think yeah, I think we all hoped to it would think happen. it was gonna happen. I think my, sooner yeah, or later. <laughs> we all wanted it to go well. We all you know but there was a point where fans were getting frustrated and even though he had a song, I wasn't sure if they were singing the song because they liked him and were backing him or they just like singing the song. I think now it's getting getting to be both now. I think Havertz is actually coming up with important goals now and um, he's, he's fitting in quite nicely now and it's taken him a while. Yes. But um, long may his goal scoring form continue, especially Mm. going up to Anfield. I mean, yeah, I, can I just come in there and say that I think as well as the goal scoring, I think is we I think we should acknowledge that his overall play seems to have improved as well. Maybe that is a consequence of scoring a goal that he's he's playing a bit more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's ironic that I think that the confidence started probably when he played that game for Germany. He played at left back, didn't he? And he scored a goal in the international break, and then he seems to have come back and he just seems to have something's clicked. I, I don't know what, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. Seems, seems to be you know starting to adapt really well to what Mikel wants him to do, getting in dangerous positions. He had a couple of chances today as well. He had a, a header that he really should have scored, to be honest. But um, it, and, and it's good and it can only bode well. Anfield's a tough place to go. But I think one thing I could say about Kai Havertz, which I didn't expect, was he actually gets about a bit and he actually gets his foot in. And that's not what we signed when we signed him. I, d- I don't think that was the case. But, you know, at Anfield, you need those types of, performances where you do get you do need to get a foot in and, and do press well um, again i saw the point made about kai earlier on today is like the number of managers he played under at chelsea and you know he he did pretty well at chelsea i mean come on he won champions league but the number of managers that he played under at chelsea is the certain way that he plays Mikel has sort of brought something out in him or at least it seems it certainly seems that way so guys well, that was are we are we both are we the three of us, are we in agreement. Do we think he should be starting at Anfield? Would he be in if if we had to pick our best yes. Arsenal team today? Is he in it? Yes. Is he in yes. it in midfield? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would wow. say so. Wouldn't have said that I four weeks so. ago, would we? Well, I don't know. I mean, also there's there's the fact that apparently Partey is back back from injury in time for the Liverpool game. So if you if we want to talk well, about how we're going to start, hard to throw him in from the start, isn't it? In that game, I think. Yeah, to be it, seemed, it would is seem he? like a, um, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Well, it would seem a bit like a, a bit of a baptism, a baptism of fire, wouldn't it? Just throw him right in. Yeah, I, I, for what it's for what it's worth, I'm in agreement with you both. I think, mm. yeah, I think Kai Havertz starts. I actually think in our in our best eleven right now, he's in it. Um, and yeah, as I said I four weeks oh, ago, yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think he would be. So, uh, yeah, credit to him. No, mate, mm. continue. Oh, absolutely. Um, if we can go to the um the other goal scorer, um uh Jesus. Gabriel Jesus. Jesus. Fantastic goal. Um it, yeah. No this one marking really, him. He was just there. Really it starts to get to me a bit. Now's your time to show Everyone's calling. I'm, I'm gonna make you mine. 
Yeah, listeners, if you didn't know the Gabriel Jesus chant, that was it. Yeah. Uh, expertly say, performed uh, by Mr. James. <laughs> by Mr. James, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. But what I was going to say is like, everyone, pe- you know, calling for, we need a striker, we need a striker. I, I get, uh, it, it's starting yeah, to irritate no, 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 me. I hear the frustration in your voice because I think you and I actually are kind of aligned on this. It's starting to irritate me a like, bit. Yeah, yeah I don't same, know. Same. Like what people want. Um, they want Gabriel Jesus to be a 20, 25 goals striker, right? Mm. And perhaps that's not him, but it could be him. His first season, he got what, 13 goals, but he was out for four months. Like he does score goals. Yeah, but he brings so much more to the team as well. Yeah, we could bring in an Ivan Tony, and yet, do you know what? He might get 20, 25 goals in the Prem. I, I don't think he has done that yet, but he's been playing for Brentford. But I get a different option, but not to, you know, Jesus, even if we signed Ivan Tony and you asked me what my best 11 is, it would still be Gabby Jesus up top. And so I don't think yeah, this yeah, outcry yeah, yeah. for a striker is warranted. I, I mm. think if well, Jesus stays basis, Dan, here, what you're what you're saying is we don't need to sign another striker. Or if we do sign another striker, really, what you're talking about is replacing or upgrading Eddie and Ketia. Exactly. In that, that case, then, right? Exactly that. Yeah. Exactly that. And um, yeah. Uh, so are we going to spend sixty million pound on an upgrade on Eddie and Ketia? I don't think so. Um. The last time we spent sixty million pounds, it went. It, but it seems to be going quite well. <laughs> I, I just, I just so, don't see it. Yeah. I just don't see it. And again, mm. I'd welcome Ivan Tony to the squad, but for the way we play football, Gabriel Jesus, if he stays fit, he starts. I, I just don't, and I don't get why anyone would think differently. Yeah, yeah. If I'm making a Sorry, Sorry. Go, on. go on, James. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say that I think that with I've said this before. I, I think I said it on, on another episode of the podcast. If I haven't, I'm going to say it now. I really think that if Gabriel Jesus and Alexander Zinchenko didn't have injury concerns, they'd both still be at Man City. I don't think their quality can be in any doubt whatsoever. They are top level players. Um, I know we're not necessarily talking about Alex Zinchenko right now, but you know, I, I, I put them both in that quality. Yeah, Gabriel Jesus, but he was a, a child prodigy. Or a teenage prodigy, sorry, out of, out of Brazil. Um, you know, he's won, was it three Premier Leagues with with City? Mm. Um, and he was a yep. big part of what they did. Um, you know, this is a guy that he started his career as a winger. He got moved to centre forward, scored a load of goals, got the move to Man City. He's always said, apparently in, in, in Brazil, that he sees himself as a winger, that his idol was Neymar. Um, that that, you know, he kind of liked playing that left wing position or the right wing position and cutting in. But he's obviously really good as a striker. He brings that element of probably a little bit like Carlos Tevez, where he's just buzzing round and, and that, that high press centre forward. To me, he, he just brings chaos, player. James. He brings yeah, chaos, he, he's and that's just, it, isn't it? Well, I don't. I wouldn't even say yeah. that. I just think he's no? that perfect. What he is, he's the perfect modern day striker in that he can lead the line on his own. He's good in the air. He's great with his back to goal. He will press the opposition number six, so it's really difficult for teams to play out from the back. He'll drop into midfield. He support his winger. Um, 
He also gets back. I think he as does well. pretty. Yeah, he you know, does everything. Yeah, he also everything. gets back. So, he's just not yeah, the predator yeah. that's going to be in the six yard box. And I think the biggest thing with him is there are certain chances we can all point to them. And I suppose the biggest one in people's minds would be the home game to Tottenham early on in the season, where he will get a chance, and he's not lethal. He he's not. He's basically he's not Erling Haaland. He's not. Also, he's not a great penalty taker as well. Um, to be fair, and I think that mm, kind of yeah. those things last long in people's minds he will also forget though and um you know there's there's uh a, mu- a mutual friend uh graham your friend uh tom we've we've spoken about this before oh, yeah. big fan of arsenal um and he'd he would make this point if he were here um that arsenal in the mid 90s when we had ian wright one of our most prolific strikers we've ever had absolute goal machine um lethal in front of the box we were pretty dreadful in the league the peak years that we had Ian Wright we, we became really a, a cup team and it was interesting when Ian Wright was coming towards the end of his career and we had more uh, team centric strikers maybe someone like Dennis Bergkamp that then we started to become a team that could compete to win the league um, I don't necessarily yes, think yes. that a you know you think of the most famous prolific um, Premier League goal scorer Alan Shearer um, he's won that one title with Blackburn and nothing else um, I I I agree with Dan. I I don't think I think the talk of a striker is just people. I think people see what Erling Haaland does at Man City and see what Sergio Aguero did before. I mean, these were two yeah. elite, world class talents, <laughs> and I think people think we have to have exactly the same or better to to overcome it. You know, Harry Kane laughably had eleven years at Tottenham and won sweet FA. So yeah. you know what? Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm firmly in the camp that Gabby Jesus is all right by me. So, listener, after our game against PSV, which basically meant nothing, we're now in the last 16 of the Champions League. Um, guys, who would you like to get? Who would you like to be drawn against? Um, do you um, want me to? I mean, so there's there's Copenhagen, there's Inter Milan, uh, there's Lazio, Leipzig, Napoli, PSG, Porto. Or well, we can't be drawn against PSV, can we? So yeah. Um, yeah, I would want the easiest team possible. <laughs> There's that whole thing <laughs> of you know who is the well, easiest team possible. You've Dan? got you've got to play everyone and all of it. No, no, no. I want the easiest draw possible until we can get as further in the competition as possible, and then have to play whoever the fuck we have to play. So give me Copenhagen. Mm. Give me Lazio. Whoever the easiest team is, that's yeah. what I want. I, I know, know our luck will I probably bet. end up with PSG, but fuck it, they're not. I don't know. I, I kind of almost feel the same way I do about us playing Liverpool in the FA Cup. It's like because if we if we play Liverpool in the FA Cup and we beat them, then they're just out of the way. Do you know what I mean? So the same point of view, I sort of can we get drawn against PSG and just just destroy them like. <laughs> Because, you know, it can be done. James, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the draw? Don't care. You don't care? Fuck them all. <laughs> <laughs> to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Okay. Woo! Wow. <laughs> all right. Sorry. I had to do the replay. <laughs> I'd quite like Inter Milan or Lazio because I think there's a high chance get a large away allocation and there's a smidgen of a possibility that I could potentially 
maybe if fucking the stars no arise, get a ticket get a t- and actually go. <laughs> fucking uh, no one chance. Away games. Um, yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I don't mean to be really like blase about it, but I, I mm. similar kind of thoughts to you in that you've we won the, we won the group, right? There's no second place teams. There's no one really there that stands out that I think, wow, they can win the Champions League. I suppose on paper, people will, will, will point to PSG because they have Kylian Mbappe and they've got a load of money behind them. But really, yeah. are they that good of a team? Newcastle smashed I them mean, up. Yeah, Newcastle did smash you them know, up at home. That was sort of my... Yeah, they, I, I, I think, think that they was were sort of part of my thinking. And, yeah, they yeah. were quite fortunate to get through their group. They flattered to deceive in the Champions League over the last five to ten years since they've had their investment. Um, obviously, it's the M- Mbappe factor, and they, they no doubt about it. They would be a harder challenge than than um, possibly Copenhagen or one of the other sides that you mentioned. Um, but no, g- genuinely, I, I really don't mind who we get. I think um, I think I'm, uh, you know, you, you mentioned in one of the other podcasts that we're fourth favourites for the Champions League, and you seem quite surprised about that. Mm. Um, maybe that's because we've been out of the Champions League for a while. Um, I think that, yeah, I think primarily that's. It. I'm yep. I'm not at all surprised by that. I I really think that you know if we're second favourites to win the Premier League, then immediately I think we're in the top five teams in Europe because the standard of the Premier League is so high. Um, I think the teams that you'd want to avoid in the Champions League, so obviously Liverpool aren't in it, which is good. Mm. Um, yep. Man City, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and we can't play them next round. So happy no. days. Do you know what Madrid? I think Madrid is the one that I'm actually most worried about. Us drawing Madrid. I don't know why. I've just got this this thing about us drawing uh, Real Madrid. Atleti, I don't know. Atleti's a different one because they're um they're a bit of a well. I mean, Spanish uh, La, La Liga is really weird this season. I don't know if you follow it, but um, not yeah. not really. Well, Girona are at top of the league. I've actually been yeah. to Girona Stadium, um, and seen a yeah. Girona game. Um, it's remarkable to think that they're. They're they're competing for the the championship and and you know good luck to them. But um no, as I said, I think for this stage I I would I don't want to count chickens and get arrogant or, or whatever. <laughs> but I I would I would highly back us to get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League, and that is a a wonderful place to be in. Yeah, yeah, much definitely. like it is to be top of the Premier League as we oh speak God, here, listener. We absolutely are top of the Premier League. Um, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that you know. That uh, it would be us, Liverpool, Villa. I mean, it's bizarre, but uh, here we are. <laughs> That's the crazy thing, isn't it? You said if if we draw at Anfield and Villa win their game, they go top of the league. Yeah, that is mental. <laughs> it's so tight, though, isn't it? It yeah, is so it tight is, this year, is. and mm. you know, it seems like every point drop means so much. I mean. Yeah, it is still only December, right? We're not like, I think, as I said, people are knee jerk and overreactionary. Yeah, if we're still here or in and about by February, March, we are cooking. I'm telling you. Yeah, we just imagine when party comes back, yeah, and he's properly fit, and you, you know, <laughs> when does that you never happen? Yeah, well, I yeah, know. When, I know. When, when is that? <laughs> oh, no, I but... don't know. I'm not trying to, you know, jinx anything or whatever, but imagine we win at Anfield next week. Ooh. That is a it's statement. On. Yeah, it's on. that's a, that's it's a, on. Isn't it? really on. Yeah. And it's not like we, we can't. 
It's not Sorry, like we can't no. do it. Yeah. I mean, you, I know, like, like, remember when we went there last season? We win last season, we win the bloody league, in my opinion. And but yeah. those first 15, 20 minutes, we absolutely battered them. Went 2 0 up, dominating the game. Can we not talk about that? Okay. Yeah, com- yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm actually. just saying, if we just need to do what we did the first 20 minutes, <laughs> do that for the we, 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 we need to do what we did last season, except maybe win. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah so do what we did the first fair, 20 minutes. Take a draw yeah, right now. Let's do it for the whole game. Would you take a draw? You probably would. Um, because it's it it yeah you probably would you probably would I think because last season they weren't in a title race and this season they they clearly are so yeah I, I probably would take a point I think you I think yeah. you you have to sometimes um, I do think we can win there I do I hundred percent I, I know we can win every I know we can win Liverpool. every game we played this season but I, like I know we can win every game I know sorry let me rephrase that I know every game we go into this season I know we've got the ability to win it I don't I don't fear anyone man city included and obviously we've, we've we've beaten them this season um actually doing it is clearly another thing we haven't won at anfield for a while um so yeah on it that basis weird. i suppose i'd take a draw but no i would I, I i absolutely think we can win yeah for sure i look at liverpool like a lot like us in a sense of okay they've only lost once this season um you know they've they've beaten pretty much everyone but They've also flattered to deceive as well, I think, at times. They scraped mm. past oh, Fulham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scraped past Luton. No, they didn't even scrape past Luton. Sorry, they got a draw at Luton. Scraped a draw against Luton. Yeah, scraped a draw at uh, <laughs> Luton. Scraped past Crystal Palace. I think, that, you know, that even today, uh, today when they, you know, drew that, you know, nil-nil. Oh, they were poor. They were poor. You know, United, United yeah, are there absolutely. for the taking, you know, and... Mm. They didn't do much. Um, well, yeah, United parked the bus, the plane, and the caravan, and they still couldn't couldn't break them down. Uh, um, but it wasn't even like they peppered the. You know, it wasn't chance after chance after chance either. I just felt, you know, they had their chances, but it, yeah. And Darwin Nunes is a type of player that I I think flatters to deceive a lot of the time. I think people get very high on him. Um, yeah. No, look, I make you right. I, I, look, I think we're in a, a really good position. I agree with you. I think if we get to this stage in um, February, March, much like last, how last season went, I think we're a year better off. I think obviously with the Declan Rice factor, um, the fact that we have been in a title race before, um, ultimately, yeah, we didn't get over the line, but the fact we've we've known, we know what it takes to be competing for it. I think that puts us in a good place to kind of take that next step. Um, I would say the power triangle of Saliba, Gabriel, and Declan Rice. Mm-hmm. Call them the Bermuda Triangle because teams always lose <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah, mate. Come on, I like that. I like, yeah, that. Nice oh, I like that. Yeah, that's cool. no, but with it's, those it's three, one of those things, anything isn't it? is possible, right? Yeah, and and do you know what? And I was I was just going to come on to that, and you kind of you, you took the wind out of my sails a little bit, where I was, oh, I sorry, was kind mate. of. Whereas <laughs> that's absolutely fine. One of the, uh, nice to have the boot on the other foot, maybe for once. Um, <laughs> but do you know what? It, it's one of those things where I think you're absolutely right. If it, you talk about that 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 triumvirate, but I think if we can keep our play, key players fit, and obviously that was a big thing towards the end of last season, and no one really wants to go over that again and again and again. But if we can keep our key players fit, yeah, we've got a huge chance, a huge huge chance. But you know, one game at a time. 
And today's game was against Brighton and, and we came through that test with, with such flying colours that no one really paid much attention to it. You know, yeah, I, I uh, think in the immediate aftermath, in, in the media and stuff, of, of course, the media have got their narrative and their kind of their their biases that, as I said earlier on, that Man United v Liverpool is the biggest game the world has ever seen. Um, mm. And it's the biggest rivalry since football was invented and all this kind of bollocks. Um, <laughs> you know, and we've kind of gone under the radar. But, you know, actually, sometimes it's quite nice to go under the radar. And yeah. as George Graham said, everyone hates us. It's in our DNA and it's back against the walls time. So, you know what, let's yeah. keep proving people wrong. And um, it's the second, the second biggest win for us this week, isn't it? It's a disgrace. It is, is a disgrace. It's embarrassing. So, so I or think you, you've kind disgracia. of got what I'm saying then, guys, in that obviously the, I mean, the, biggest win of, the biggest win of the week, of course, was today against Brighton. But the second biggest win of the week was, of course, Mikel um, <laughs> not having an extended touchline break. Um, oh, my God. Getting Bam. off. He got away break. with it. He Bam. got away with it. It's like prison he break. He got away charges. with it. Yeah. So he didn't say disgrace yet. He did say disgrace. Graham, you're a Spanish speaker. Listen, um, he said he said what on earth was all that about? Well, he said he said that he Okay, this is ridiculous. He speaks English perfectly. Like this is like the the, like the most ridic ridiculous excuse. Are you are you trying to say that our leader is a liar? Um <laughs> no, I know I'm saying it point blank. Like that, he definitely is a liar. What is Mikel a liar? Oh no, I mean let's let's let's. He's economical with the truth, and he always. <laughs> We've got to fucking liar. Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> oh my god! Basically, okay, basically, he tried to claim that he didn't mean the word disgrace. He went the word disgracia in Spanish, which is. Which has a slightly different meaning. So disgrace, as we understand it to mean in English, is like you know, um, it's a fucking disgrace. Know, exactly. Out of yeah. order. How whereas could it possibly dis whereas disgracia in Spanish it means something more like bad luck. Embarrassing. So, yeah. Oh. Oh no. Don't even get. Okay. So that because he so said because he said, guys, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's a disgrace. But you know, what's so really how fun? could so how could he? Kind of pretend that he was saying it's embarrassing. It was a twice. misfortune. No, oh my god, no! But okay, so that's an example um, of listener. That's an example of a false friend. So if you're learning a new language, a false friend is a word that sounds very similar to a word in your own language. That uh, you know, in the language you're learning, which is really funny because disgrace, disgracia have you know different meanings. When he said embarrassing. So, so the Spanish word, the Spanish word embarazado means pregnant. And for, for, uh, English learners of Spanish, like, so basically what it is, is it's a very, he said it's an embarrassing, it's a disgrace. So yeah, it's so an, it's an unlucky, say... it's an unlucky, it's... it's an unfortunate pregnancy. <laughs> so he claimed so no, that's what all he claimed I'm saying is if you follow the logic of what he was saying in terms of oh I oh I messed up my uh I messed up my uh my English and my Spanish I'm like no you didn't this is the worst like excuse I've ever heard and do you know why it's because it's just the it's just the UK media they'll just buy it because they just won't bother to actually like you know 
Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan just said it was it was looked at by an independent regulatory commission. So clearly, yeah, that yeah. was yeah, um, that was who did the hearing and who yeah. analysed the evidence or lack thereof, <laughs> and decided that there was not enough, even though it was recorded by much every camera ever. Oh my god, and has been yeah. replayed countless times. Yeah. But um. You know, I thought the <laughs> he knows exactly what he's saying when he says it's embarrassing. It's a disgrace. He yeah. does not mean disgracia to mean like, oh, it is unlucky. <laughs> well, when you say that though, was it was, did some one thing? I mean, I've not, I don't know a huge amount about the, the case or, or why it got away. I'm just happy that he obviously he was he was vindicated. Oh no, but, oh, no too. But, I'm but, very but, pleased but was, about it. But like, was one of yeah. the things when when he said the the whole disgracia thing about it being embarrassing or unfortunate wasn't mm. that because he was talking about VAR and didn't the independent regulatory commission said that they could understand that in the context of VAR had already admitted that it made mistakes <laughs> such as the Liverpool <laughs> disallowed goal against Tottenham. Yeah. Listen, if you can't no, keep up this, I don't the, blame the, you. Yeah, but sure, I think sure. that was part of the reason he got out of it. And then yeah. also bizarrely, they rang up. They rang up Joe Willett and basically said, tell you what, mate, once a goon, always a goon. Do us a favour, will you? Just save the balls out. And Joe Willett apparently said in front of this independent regulatory commission or gave a statement saying that he told the Arsenal players when they were huddled round waiting for the VAR to make its decision, he that said, well, yeah, the ball was out. out. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the ball was out. He didn't tell the referee that, of course, but, you know... Um, yeah, it's oh, just yeah, madness. Yeah. But I mean, I mean look, well, we, telling yeah. the referee would that obviously that would just be irresponsible. I mean, you know, why would you do such a thing? Yeah, it seemed <laughs> it was all set up for Mikel to have that touchline ban for Anfield. Um, yeah, it really did Ooh. with an excellent defense of, of. Are you getting into? Are you getting into tin hat territory here, dude? No, yeah, absolutely like, not. No, I no. Hope, I hope not. No. Well, you no, think I mean, William did... Saliba and Gabriel Magalhaes? Went and stood up in front of the FA and went, "You shall not pass." <laughs> <laughs> but then we say that Mikel actually got booked today as well. So again, <laughs> <laughs> he got a yellow card. Um, so yeah, he two, likes two more. He likes he's, them. He's man. got he another likes... ban, basically. Yeah. Oh, for um, sake. But yeah. Uh, oh my god. I mean, you can get you can get booked for almost anything in football these days, anyway. So, and you know, Mikel doesn't need to give the fourth official or the officials much encouragement for him to him in him, him to get himself in in the uh, in the book. But yeah, look, it's great news. Obviously, we missed him against Aston Villa, and oh yeah, I suppose the simplistic thing would be to say well, that's why we lost the game. But I you know, look, part... we need him. We need him on the. We we obviously need him on the touchline. He, yeah, he does, a, he, he does clear, a huge yeah. job for us. But He's wasn't another very, part. Of him getting off was the independent board recognised that there was a bias in the way that Mikel is treated compared to everyone else. Wow, really? Oh, really? Which is really, really interesting. And I don't think it's been talked about enough that there isn't a bias Mm -hmm. based on especially the way the the media portray Mikel as this lunatic madman and who's too emotional and, uh, you know, what's he doing running up and down the touchline and stuff? I think that, yeah, they they found yeah. that there was a bias in the way that Mikel's treated compared to other people. When we win the league, it's going to be even harder next year. <laughs> True that. I think okay. we should leave it there. Yeah, me too. 
Uh, hopefully, when I speak to you guys next, we would have uh, got three points at Anfield. Still top of the league. It'll be yeah. after Christmas. And it'll be after Christmas. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. True story. Oh, that's funny. Um, you were saying about Mikel. Apparently, Mikel is giving them Christmas off. He's not making them train on Christmas Day. <laughs> well, we're not yeah. playing on Boxing Day, so I think that's well, probably no, exactly. yeah, fair, yeah, that's a fair thing to do. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's not the... Um... No, no. He's not He's not the Cordillo, but uh, he's awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, later. Well, on that note, on I'd that like note. to say to all our Whatever the Weather listeners, have a Merry Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas. And we'll speak to you soon. We'll speak to you soon. Hopefully celebrating a win. All we want for Christmas is three points at Anfield. Yeah. Not too much to ask.